Hello, and welcome to another episode of Chasing Excellence. My name is Patrick Cummings, and as always, joined by Ben Bergeron every week on the show. We dedicate some time to exploring how we can live a life of better health and increased fulfillment. We answer your questions about the five factors of health, dive deep on living a life of excellence, and explore the strategies and frameworks to help us chase what truly matters. Thank you so much for joining us. How the heck have you been? I really like the intro to our show. Oh, good. You can have it. Cheers. I, I really like it. It's It says what it's supposed to say. Okay. All right. We're going to jump right into it this week. We've got listener questions about aerobic capacity, weighing pros and cons of big decisions, rebuilding a relationship with a significant other, and more. Our workout is going to be a conversation about how to embrace good adversity while minimizing bad adversity, especially when it comes to our kids. And lastly, we'll wrap up with a recommendation roundup of the books, movies, podcasts, and activities we've been enjoying lately. We're going to dive right into our warm-up. We start each episode with your questions about the five factors of health, those few fundamental behaviors that most positively affect our performance, vitality, and longevity. Those five factors, how we eat, how we move, how we think, how we connect, and how we recover. We're going to get right into the first one with from Eli in our move category. He says, I think it's a he. Uh, a question that I'd love to learn more about is the fundamentals of aerobic capacity. I often feel confused on how to add cardio sessions into my CrossFit workouts that will help me build that specific specific threshold. In some ways, it seems as easy as doing aerobic interval training, but my interest lies in learning more about the basic uh, more about the basic fundamentals of what aerobic capacity is, how you can determine your own, and the basics of improving it. Mm. Okay, so to uh, keep this fairly simple, which doesn't sound like Eli's very interested in. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Eli. Okay. But is it, it safe to say go go chase uh, Chris Hinshaw, given that he yeah, called be, this thing aerobic capacity, right? Okay. So phenomenal. if you want to deep dive Chris Hinshaw. Yeah, that'd be a, a, a phenomenal resource for that. But here's the, um, the simplistic approach yeah. is he's right, like, in terms of like, yeah, it's the idea is to go and do some aerobic intervals, dot, 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 maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that will help improve it. So here's to improve aerobic capacity. What you first want to figure out is basically, and he's asking this and he's asking the right questions. It's like, how do I measure my thresholds to know kind of like what it is where I should be spending my time and energy? So here's the the the, the simplistic approach to this and the appropriate approach to this, which is you start slow. Mm -hmm. If you go too fast, you might not be working your aerobic system the way that you want to be working it. Interesting. So the idea is, you know, uh, if, we're, uh, if we were to use heart rate, I don't love it, but if we were to use heart rate as one of those indicators, training somewhere around 65% of your maximal heart rate is a good place to start and you try to get that stretched out. Think of it in terms of, uh, I'll give an analogy for this. You have a bunch of... Um, you have a, a five gallon bucket and there's a spout about an inch off the bottom of the bucket that as you fill water up, it can drain out of that. Yeah. If you pour too much water into that bucket, you're no longer really using the aerobic system anymore, right? It's going to fill up past that and it starts to flood and fill. And then you're, you're training essentially other aspects, whether it's lactic threshold or anaerobic threshold, um, whatever it might be. So the really kind of starting place for this is keep it kind of moderate. Mm -hmm. It's like, keep it chill and mellow. And that allows you to build that aerobic foundation, that aerobic base. Okay. 
Now here's the the little added. So that's where I sh- everyone should start. Like just say do CrossFit and then do some easy twenty to sixty minute aerobic pieces if you're looking to work on this specific aspect. From there, what's the weakest link? I'll give two examples. Athlete A came to us as a triathlete when they were younger, and now they run marathons once a year just to jump in and do them for fun. Now they're joining CrossFit, and man, they get really out of breath when they are doing um, Nancy, which is running and overhead squats. That athlete is not going to improve as much by doing a whole bunch more base building because they've already done the base building. What that athlete needs to do is more quality work at higher thresholds. Mm-hmm. They need to get comfortable being more comfortable. So essentially what you can think about that analogy of that five gallon bucket again, what we need to do is um, imagine there's like a, a dozen or so little Lego guys in the bottom of that bucket we need to train those Lego guys to be able to shuttle the water out faster. So it's more like lactic shuttling. In that states, us working at 60% is not going to do a whole lot. They've done so much training there as well. We need to kind of work on that next level higher up threshold. So this is where like the interval stuff would work really, really well for this type of athlete. We'd still be working in the aerobic system, but we want to be working a little bit harder and we want to be working for less time. Athlete B is the football player mm-hmm. that came in and they just like, Superpower. They're a sprinter. They're a track athlete. They're a thrower. They're a a, a bobsledder. Something that lasts, you know, three to six seconds. Uh, a former weightlifter, a gymnast. Like those athletes would benefit a lot more for the lower, longer, slower. Whereas the people with that already as their base should be working more at the higher quality interval stuff. Because what ends up happening is, um, for those football player, gymnasts, the short guys, when they get into their they're training, like even if they're if they're doing intervals, they just fill up. Mm-hmm. They just fill up completely and they can't shuttle it out. You got to spend more time at base before you come up. So their little Lego men can work real fast for a short period of time, but they need to do slower, longer. They just don't have any Lego guys, period. <laughs> I like the Lego guys at the bottom of the bucket. All right. Next question is from in our think categories from Kelly. My husband and I are trying to decide if we should move closer to family, one hour away, and be in a better school district and smaller town, lower cost of living versus uh, versus stay where we are, surrounded by our friends, our gym community, and are comfortable outside of the three things listed above. Work wouldn't be a factor as we can work from home. I feel very 50-50 on this, but we would like to make up uh, our mind before kids before our kids are in school in a year or so, and my husband said he'd be happy either way. How would you go about weighing the pros and cons of a big decision like this? Um, okay. So she said, uh, we'd be, to- we're totally comfortable except for the three things listed above. And those yep. were so, school, cheaper, yep, and closer better, to family. better school district, smaller town and closer to family. Yep. So, uh, and cost, cost of, of living is lower. Yeah. So maybe there's four things in there. Okay. Um, and the things they have going for their town right now is they have a good friend group and they have friends, uh, gym community gym. and like, they're good to go where they're okay. like, they don't, there's nothing. Here's wrong. what I would do. I mean, I don't have the answer to this, That's a, but, um, my suggestion would be <laughs> to, explore honestly it's like the the gym in the new community yeah like literally like yeah. that might be if you if you love the the gym in the new new area the new town you're going to make the friends yeah the friends are going to be there like yeah. i know how cool like friends are in your neighbors and stuff like that everyone makes new friends in the new places unless you are like besties right unless you are 
besties with your neighbors and you like are, are like it's 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 the one of the biggest values in your life is how close you are to the friends that you have in your town that are that close. If it's like, no, we got good friends and you know, our kids hang out with them and you know, but you're not going on every vacation with these people. Yeah. You're not doing the holidays with yep. these people. That's a good, that's a good yeah. delineator. Yeah. And like... on a Friday night, they're not coming over and you have to kick them out of the house at 10 yeah. o'clock. You're like, you guys go home. Like yep. if it's not that type of situation, then you have friends. You're going to make new friends. Yep. And when their kids go to school, you're going to make new friends. You're going to make new friends through <laughs> school and particularly yeah. through the gym. Yeah. But if this is kind of, it's, I don't think this is just me being like the guy that owns the gym that puts much emphasis on this, but it matters. Like if you, if you love your gym, you don't want to move to a new town and hate it and not have the community, not have the fitness, not have like that thing that was your best hour of the day. Mm-hmm. So I would go and try out the gym in the new town. And if you fall in love with it, it doesn't sound like there's much of a decision. Mm-hmm. Like go and do that thing. Like it sounds like it would be a great move. If you go there and the gym is or really- no, If there's no gym or- if Yeah, or there's gym, there's no gym. It's really subpar. The traffic's terrible getting there. The the owner's a, a meathead, like whatever it is, like, yeah, then if it's 50-50, don't move. It's like, let that be the let that be the deciding factor. There you go. Easy. So you didn't know how to answer it, but you, you, you did. You gave them the one thing, just go find a new gym. All right, next question is in our E category. Um, and this is a maybe an odder one to put in the E category, but I have a feeling you're going to go practical with it, which is why I put it here. Why, what are some mindset strategies athletes who struggle with eating enough to fuel their performance could use when starting to eat more? Okay, so um, what are some mindset strategies athletes that need to eat more could use when they start when eating more, to eat more? And they're probably struggling with it. It's like yeah, that, that is a thing, exactly. right? Yep. I, I, I hear a, a, a dad or mom asking this for their- <laughs> For their 13-year-old who wants to- Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's a great idea. I hadn't, but you're- That's proud. my guess. Yeah. Or it's like a coach that's trying to get people to eat more that then they, they're bumped up against it. And they're like, no, I want to be super lean. And like, um, so I know you put this in the mindset category and they Not ask- the eat category. Oh, in the eat Okay, yeah. good. That's- Because <laughs> I thought you would get yes. that. Because <laughs> uh, I think it's mechanical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, if it's, talk to them about performance- and they're probably don't want to eat a lot because they're looking for the aesthetics and the looks thing, but form follows function. Mm-hmm. And if you want to look good, you have to perform good. And you can improve your performance by fueling your body as an engine. The simplistic model of your body as a furnace has a lot of shortcomings. Your body is not a furnace. <laughs> it's a much more complicated system than that. Yeah. But, but... Use what works with your athletes. So this person's asking to like, how do I talk to someone else? What is a, a framework, a mental model I could use? Yeah, that's a really simple one. And yeah, it doesn't fit the bill for everything. There's a lot of, a lot of complicated things going on in terms of the um, metabolism and how your body uses food to produce energy. But let's use the furnace thing. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, I like that idea from a coaching perspective. It doesn't have to be... Um, uh, I don't want to say it's the wrong way. Uh, I, the word that's coming to my mind is like completely true, <laughs> <laughs> but you, it doesn't have to be like lie? science. It's not, that's what I want to no, say. I know. Yeah. It's that it, <laughs> you want to use the things that are going to get you the results. Now it's not lying because your body saying your body is a furnace is not a lie. It's just not the complete story. Yeah. It's the reason you're using it is because simplicity is the thing that moves you forward. So you give this person this really easy understanding of like, Hey, your body's a furnace. You need to, the furnace is there to 
create energy for the home, whether it's, you know, to cool it or to heat it or to use the microwave or the lights. Like you need this thing that makes the thing go. Okay. You need to put the fuel in the furnace for it to be burned up, to be able to produce the energy. You're not putting the fuel in the furnace. So because that it's grinding away and working very suboptimally. And maybe some days like the microwave doesn't even turn on Mm -hmm. because there's not enough to go. You would be so much better served in so many different areas of your life if you chose to fuel yourself appropriately. You would have better cognitive function. Okay. You would think better. You would sleep better. You would have better skin. You would have better energy. You'd have better performance. You might actually be more lean because you'd be more muscle and muscles, this active thing that would burn more calories. Like you just give them like that framework of like, this is why it's good for you. Mm -hmm. Would you, would it be the same answer if, if we got a little bit more specific in this question that said they're, they're having trouble eating enough because they, they don't like, they literally just don't like eating that much food. Because what you had started that with was like, I kind of yep. want to look leaner. I don't want to eat that much, yep. et cetera, which I think is totally valid. But okay, when so, I read this question, that's what I heard is oh. like, I have to have a whole nother meal with another 25 grams of protein and another XYZ of of starch and whatever. I would actually, for that type of person, I would probably go towards um, the numbers. Mm-hmm. I would go towards like macros or calories because people often... Um, just don't realize how little they're actually eating. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, it's like, man, and it's because just, it's the way they function. It's the way that who they are. And like, dad, I just want to get bigger, but I can't do another like protein shake before bed, like whatever. It's like, okay, let's just count how much protein we're having through the day. So we're on the same page. At least then I'm not fighting you about this, but like little Billy, like we got to get hundred grams of protein in, you know, we just, we got to get the hundred grams and you've only had 45 today. Right. What? Yeah, when you you, like to have two shakes? No, you know what? Let's not do any more shakes today. But tomorrow, let's have some eggs for breakfast. Yeah. You know how today you had cereal? Tomorrow, let's start the day off different. Yeah. It's like get really clear of what that gap is between where where you need to be and where you are. Get rid of the arbitrary stuff. Yeah, I think that's I think that's great. Cool. All right, recover question. I'm 25. Train CrossFit four to five times a week. I've always had a quote unquote fast metabolism and have been able to eat whatever I please without seeing much consequence. And this still holds true today. However, I've been tracking my HRV with Whoop for about four months and I've noticed that my heart rate or my heart health rather is not where I want it to be and is significantly lower than most people's even when I'm quote unquote recovered. This also adds to my concerns about poor circulation and temperature regulation. I would like to know my, uh, I would like to make my heart health a bigger priority. And I'm wondering if you have any specific diet, supplement or practice recommendations to help with this, not looking for a quick fix, but looking uh, to learn best practices. Okay. I love that. So not looking for a quick fix, looking for the long-term here fix here. Um, do you have any diet recommendations? Read the first line again. Um, the first first line of the whole thing. Yep. 25, train CrossFit four to five times a week. I've always had a fast metabolism and have been able to eat whatever I please without seeing okay. much Boom. consequence. <laughs> we found it. We found it. You can't eat whatever you please. You're wrong. Yes. Without any consequences. You just said it. I can eat whatever I want without any consequences. Yep. But there's consequences. Yep. Eat clean. Okay. Now the next thing. That's the that's the that's the snide. <laughs> that's snarky the snarky answer. Yep. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now the the other answer to that is, yeah, we can clean up our diet. Yes, we could do a blood test to find out any sort of um deficiencies we have or anything that's out of whack from a hormonal perspective. I would definitely suggest uh doing a blood test. Um 
But then the other place is HRV is probably more um, affected by stress than is nutrition. Mm. So this might not be a nutritional issue at all. This might be a stress issue. And people go like, no, I don't have that much stress. But meanwhile, they're like, they're wound up. Um, They just don't realize that they're wound up. So I would take a self-assessment in that category is, am I a little bit more um, stressed and reactive Mm -hmm. to things than maybe I need to be. Yeah. And is sleep or quality of sleep, quantity of sleep is also effective? There's uh, no one single category that you can pull out by itself and go, this is the answer. They are all intertwined. They all overlap. They're all... Uh, what is it? Concentric circles? What is that? That yeah. Venn diagram? Sure. I always, like, like, we always yeah. mess that up. I don't know. <laughs> I got to figure out once and for all, but they are all overlapping. Yeah. It is never just one category by itself. Because yes. if you improve your mindset, you sleep better. If you improve your mindset, you can train harder. If you improve your mindset, you can commit to better eating. Okay. If you commit, if you eat better, you have better clarity, cognitive function. You have yeah. better mindset. If you eat better, you have better sleep because you don't have digestive issues. They're if you eat better, you can... Yes. That word. Right? Did I like that? that we got Inter- that in the intro. Interdependent. The okay. interdependent behavioral factors that mostly <laughs> commonly affect. That should be in our intro. Okay. Connect. Uh, this is from Adam. Uh, my wife is extremely into fitness and health. She's a CrossFit L1 coach and a yoga instructor. She lives and breathes health and fitness. I've been into uh, CrossFit on and off for about 10 years, but nothing like her. This has caused a strain in our relationship. I have had a negative attitude towards her when she would talk Mm. about me getting into health and fitness like she is. I would always justify the reason of me not going or living up to my potential was my dedication to my career. I'm 100% dedicated to my career and providing for my family, but I've fallen short with connecting uh, with my wife on something that she is so passionate about. I would have a negative attitude toward her when she was talking about CrossFit and it really put a strain on our relationship to the point that she wanted to separate. I've dialed in my nutrition attitude and discipline over the last few months and I'm the strongest, leanest, and healthiest I've ever been. My wife really likes the progress and attitude shift. However, she still has resentment of what it took uh, to motivate me to change. She knows that the changes I've made are legit and not going to fade, but the damage from the past actions have been very hard for her to get over. Any any advice on how we can both reconnect and move forward? Wow. Is Adam? Adam. This is a great... Yeah. Um, I love this because of the vulnerability and the self-awareness. That's what I love about this question. Um, understanding that he's put 100% into career and neglected wife and health. Um, understanding that it's a big priority for her and he used to get annoyed by that. And then the willingness to go, this matters to me. Oops, I made a mistake. And not only the vulnerability to say, like, raise my hand, I was, I, I kind of messed this thing up. I'm taking action. Now I'm the fittest I've ever been in, it sounds like three short months or something, like yeah. a few months. Like, yep. Okay, here's um, my... So how do we move forward together on this? Because there's still resentment. Um, I'm going to guess that this has been building up, it sounds like, for close to a decade. It's not going to be fixed in three months. Mm -hmm. It's just just not. And I kudos to you, Adam, for doing the hard work and making the changes. Um, Your wife's a human being. And um, three months of new is not going to outweigh a decade of old. It's just the way it is. Okay, so that's the first real harsh reality. The second one is you both can speed that process up by working proactively to let it go mm. because the past, the past, mm-hmm. it's gone. It's like the lion thing, like, 
oh, the past can hurt, but it's the past. It's like, no idea what that is. What is you know, that? It's, a, it's like uh, the monkey, uh, Rafiki, Bob oh, Simba on the, the head. King? Like, did I not say, right, did I not be, say the Lion you King? You maybe did, but I just started out. hearing a voice. That'd be so I, weird <laughs> if I didn't say the Lion King. I just started going like Rafiki. Like, I went straight to, what is this voice? And should I, do I know what it is? Oh yeah, my God. I got it. In the Lion King, the monkey bops Simba on the head. And he's like, oh, that hurts. What the heck did you do that for? He's like, oh, yes. The past can hurt, but it's in the past. That's kind of it. Like, yeah, it can hurt. Yeah, you did me wrong. Yeah, but like, really, if we're to embrace the universe, the world, our existence, our lives, and at a really fundamental level... It's just where we are right now. Like you have to just like, there's nothing we can, literally nothing you can do. Maybe Elon Musk could change this, but you can't go back and change this thing. Mm -hmm. Like it, it can not be changed. It's done. So are you going to, Stutz thing, are you going to get caught up in the maze? Because life is passing you by. It's going. Like life, every single second, every minute, every hour, every day is passing you by. And the two of you guys are stuck in a maze spinning while the world's going by you. You're forgetting to live your life because you're so caught up in the wrongs of the past that you can't be a part of the present. Now that's, how do we move forward to that? Awareness. Mm -hmm. There's like, you're just like, and it's not going to be easy. If you had a relationship 10 years that was like toxic, destructive, whatever it was, it's going to take some time to work through that. But the way you work through that is by wanting to work through it because you recognize the destruction you're doing to yourself. Mm-hmm. Spite or anger or... Um, guilt, even guilt, on the other side. Yeah. Or like, But I'm going towards like this towards the other person. I got it. Yep. That is the saying is like... Um, Anger towards another person is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to be hurt by it. Mm-hmm. They're not, it's you. You're hurting you. So wife and husband together have to recognize that this is my responsibility, wife included in this, husband also included in this, my responsibility to take care of myself, to not keep going back to the past and pulling that up. Mm-hmm. Now, the really hard part about this is when, let's say, one of the partners is in that spot Mm -hmm. and the other one just keeps pulling back and keeps pulling back. You just have to stay present. You just have to stay compassionate. You have to stay empathetic and you can't let their um, negativity, their resentment, their um, inability to move forward weigh on you. Way easier said than done. Like, oh my, if if there's a challenge that, like I could use help with, it's this one, right? It's like when somebody like you really care about isn't giving you what you're trying to put into it. And the realization is usually that comes because you're not putting it all in Mm. yourself. It's still like the ownership thing. We still have to go, nope, there's something I'm doing here. It's on me to try to make the best of the situation like we've talked about before, it's like, everyone's a coach. I'm the coach in this. I'm trying to get my athlete, my student, my mentee to be as good as I can. What's the most productive way I can do that without telling them the thing. Mm-hmm. I have to be a little bit like, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Jedi mind trick type thing. It's kind of like take the, the work around to get this thing to be where it's supposed to be. Yeah. How much do you think, you know, 
when I read this question and listening to you, one of the things that pops in my head is like much of the the healing here probably won't have as much to do with health and fitness as you think it will. Mm. In other words, the answer is not like we go to the gym together all the time now. That's that's probably helpful. It's, it's right. certainly this is probably. But this, but the the real solve is the the health. And I think fitness, it's probably the gym, yeah. the yoga was it's, probably, it's such a good point. So like I think it's probably like the health and the fitness was and was probably an easy thing for the wife to point to. Yeah. It's like, you're not here for, but it's really like, you're not here for, you weren't here for me. Yep. Like I was trying to live a, a, a fulfilled life and you left me for the, your career. Yep. And that was your only true care in life was that. And I think that it's a great point when the husband can recognize that it wasn't just the health, mm-hmm. it wasn't just the fitness and you getting that much fitter is also like, oh, maybe that's, maybe that wasn't the solve to this. Mm-hmm. It was on a much deeper level than the superficial, you know, I need you to go and do thrusters with me. Right. Right. All right. We're going to uh, take a break. We're going to be back with a conversation around um, conditioning and how our conditioning in our lives uh, play a factor as, and especially a factor with our kids. So stay tuned. We are brought to you this week with support from Caldera Lab. Head to calderalab.com and use the code EXCELLENCE to get 20% off their lineup of high-performance skincare. Gentlemen, if your face deserves some love, like mine did, look no further than the scientifically vetted products from Caldera Lab. In a study they conducted with 53 participants over 60 days, they found that 96% reported healthier-looking skin, 91% reported smoother-looking skin, and 89% showed increased radiance and luminosity. I mean, come on, whose face couldn't stand for an increase in radiance and luminosity? Well, you could have it with just a little bit of effort in Caldera Labs products. All it takes is a few minutes in the morning and in the evening and the regimen. Caldera Labs bundle that gives you everything you need to shine, including a nighttime multifunctional serum that will help your skin look tighter and smoother reduce wrinkles and fine lines, and deliver over 3.4 million antioxidant units to protect your skin. Committed to transparency, sustainability, and excellence, Caldera Lab is on a mission to better men's skincare around the world. Head to calderalab.com. That's C-A-L-D-E-R-A-L-A-B.com. And use the code EXCELLENCE to get yourself 20% off. Your face will thank you. All right, we are back. I, I just said two minutes ago, conditioning. I didn't mean fit, physical fitness conditioning. So I want to make sure that's clear. Here's the question. And this is from a listener. On the show, you talk about conditioning quite a bit and how it plays a large role in our lives, that our experiences create the lens from which we view the world and that we are often products of our environment. Another frequent topic of discussion is adversity and how uh, it most often has a positive reaction when it comes to personal growth and development. As parents of young children, how do you find the balance between unhealthy conditioning and necessary adversities, particularly regarding what young children may or may not be exposed to at school? Should I homeschool and create the environment in which I'd like for their conditioning to take place or send them off to school where they can learn to deal with all sorts of adversities, some of which I'd rather they didn't? Ah, wow. Wow. I said this in a previous episode. I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm just, again, maybe this is just all me. I'm just, there's a lot of young parents, a lot of like kid questions. And well, it kind of makes sense. If the, if we all found CrossFit when we were like our late twenties, early thirties, which is kind of what the, it was the target market when CrossFit came about fast forward 10 to 15 years. That that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. All right. So I love this question because yeah, one, I'm a, at the beginning of this too. There's a lot of you're, this. you're at least a little further down the road than I am. So I'd so a lot selfishly. Yeah. Okay. So let's, um, before we go into like the specifics of the questions, just lay out what we mean by this conditioning. Yeah. And throughout our lives, we experience things and um, those experiences lay the, the the foundation of a program that we then run for the rest of our lives. So it's another word for the conditioning is programming. You become hardwired, pre-programmed to respond to circumstances based off of the past experiences you've had. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing that we have to address before we get into this question, which is it is actually not, and this is going to answer the question for the, for the, did they say their name? No, we don't have the name on this one. Um, it is not the experiences mm-hmm. that create the conditioning or the programming. It is the way that we interpret those experiences. So as a parent, the thing that you want to do, you don't want to put them in a bubble. That's the exact opposite way to do this because then they're not going to get the exposure to these mm. things. Mm. And you're going to precondition that life is the a bubble. Stimulus is not the problem. Yeah, it's not the stimulus. It's the way we respond to the stimulus. So let's give a, an example of this. Um, let's say, I'm trying to come up with this in real time. Um, we have like, uh, when we do um, the laundry, mm-hmm. our, is it normal? Like when we do the dryer, like it, it buzzes yeah. when it's done. Yeah. Right, right. Let's say for, for giggles, Every time that buzzer goes off, um, both parents freak out in the house. <laughs> yep. Right? Yep. Like, oh my God, the laundry's done. The laundry, like, like Jane, quick, upstairs, get the laundry done. And, then, and, and she's like, oh my God, Bill. Oh my God. We get, like, okay. There's an experience. <laughs> I apologize to everybody. The volume just jacked up there, but okay. There's, right? It's an experience. Yeah. But it's the way that that experience was interpreted. Like, oh my God, laundry is a really stressful thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like it when the laundry, when you grow up and you're older, guess what's going to happen? Like Every time the laundry's done? Yeah. <laughs> so it's not a matter of laundry done. That's not the thing. It's the way that we interpret and respond and react to those things. Now it's a kind of a weird example. And you're like, okay, but that's not our reality. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's say it's a good example, right? Yeah. What happens um, when uh, I'll give you one because it happens in my every time we're ten minutes from the bus showing up. What happens in the house? Love it, right? Right. Anybody Chaos. with young kids knows what the last ten minutes before the bus pickup. Okay, it's like I'm trying to think. There's something that will bring it will go into future life type things, right? Like, okay, let's take one similar to that. Yep. Which is um, every time we're trying to leave the house. Sure. Yeah. Right? Similar. Yep. Every time we're trying to leave the house, the house becomes really stressful, really tense, a lot of conflict. The kids could cut the tension with a knife. They almost want to like get away and go into their rooms. What they're going, the programming that's going to run through life is when we need to. Um, be on, we need to get out the house to be on something. That's a bad thing. And what's going to happen is as a parent, when they are parents and the spouse doesn't have that thing and one parent brings that to relationship and the other one doesn't like, why are we always so late? Like it's okay. But it's not the the event is leaving the house, Yep. but it's the, when I say the environment, environment is not experiences can be, but environment usually is the way that the whole um, ecosystem responds to the events. Yeah. That's the environment. Yep. 
So as if the question becomes, or the answer to the question then becomes that we are not trying to control the events. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. We're not trying to keep our kids from, um, as much as like, it sounds weird, but like experiencing adversity, right? And we kind of layer that into like different things. Someone laughs at them for um, bringing shrimp instead of a sandwich to lunch. We're not trying to control that. What we're trying to do is talk to our kids about the appropriate ways to navigate when somebody makes fun of them for bringing shrimp instead of, I'm bringing real world examples yeah, here. It's very specific. <laughs> That's oddly specific, Ben. <laughs> so the, the goal is like, not like, Oh my gosh, that's terrible. I can't believe, and like yep. freak out about it at home too. Like the kid felt about bad about it at, at school. They come home, bring that baggage home. They go, mommy, like, you're not gonna believe this, but like, um, um, you know, I got like, everyone was pointing and laughing at me when I was eating shrimp at the lunch table. And they go, that's terrible. That's all. And like, I'm going to call the school and I'm going to talk to the parents and you shouldn't have to deal with like, now it's like, this is how we deal with that's things. That's how we deal with it. Yep as opposed to maybe a more controlled, maybe a less emotional, maybe more productive conversation, which puts you in control. That's how, what we're doing is we're creating opportunities for us to layer down productive programming. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. Now, the unfortunate truth is that not everyone grew up in an environment that people were aware of. Like not everyone, not everyone's parents listened to Chasing Excellence. Right. Right? right. Most of them were products of their own conditioning, which is parents that are just trying to get by. They were working their ass off in the factory. The boss yelled at them. They have having trouble paying the bills. They're coming home exhausted. And then the kids go, daddy, daddy, this is how it is. And they're like, listen, just like, and they lay into them that way. Like, oh, so the cycle repeats. Our jobs as parents is to be generation breakers. Mm. We are not our past conditioning. You are not pre-programmed. You will be by default if you let it be by default. But what that's called is being unconscious. Mm -hmm. This is the difference between unconscious and conscious. Conscious is I'm aware that I have a choice of how to navigate this situation. When the dryer buzzes, I don't need to freak out, even though that's the way I was brought up. It's people like, you know, all the credit in the world to him, because this is hard. Mm -hmm. Like, it's really hard to pop up out of the matrix, have a look around and go, wait a minute, this doesn't need to go this way. Yep. I don't need to do it this way. And the people that have the hardest, like um, substance, physical, and verbal abuse, like, this is the perpetual cycle. Like I grew up this way. This is the way we do things. This is how we deal with situations. So when you get forward, this is how I do things. This is the way we do Because this is the human programming I've been set up to run on. The goal for all of us as human beings is to recognize what is the right way? Mm -hmm. What is the most advantageous way to me to navigate this and any situation? Then... If we're able to do that, can we get our kids to recognize that? The best time to lay this into them is as early as literally like when they come out of the womb. Mm. Like I'm not exaggerating, like from day one 
To me, this is the job. Can you set your kids up to be able to deal with stress, challenges, and adversity in as productive a ways? Because that's all life is. Mm-hmm. And we know this through hormesis, which is your the, the body's ability to adapt to stress in a positive way. Well, you have this all over the place. Like a hard conversation, the boss says to the employee, like, um, we got to talk. You're not meeting expectations. If they respond to that the way that their parents responded to them coming home with bad grades, mm-hmm. going like freaking out, like they're going to freak out. If you go, wait a minute, or better yet, you talk to your kids in a way that they are have an understanding on a fundamental level. It doesn't have to be a fundamental level mm-hmm. when they're zero, <laughs> right. right? But as they get older, they go, hey, like, this is how we deal with this. It's another way of just lowering bad stress. It's another way of saying it. Like we've talked about this a lot on the comp train side of things. How much can you handle? Like if you grew up programmed with a victim mindset, you can't handle much of anything. Everything affects you. You are a slave to your environment. If you have a warrior mindset, not much can get at you because your your mind, body, and soul is pure. And no matter what happens outside, can't rattle you inside. That's our jobs as parents. That's what we're trying to do. And the way to do it to me is not homeschool them, get them in a bubble where they don't have any adversities and go, see, it's all working out just fine. That's not what life is going to present. Every living thing on planet earth has daily adversities. Now, sometimes you might get a day or two when you're in Jamaica sipping, you know, pina coladas that there isn't much but I'm going to guess even when you're there, nothing is absolutely perfect. You still um, might not get the sleep that you might wake up hungover. You might, the, the, the waiter might take too long to come to the table. You might get served. It might get sunburned. Like there, you know, it might be low tide when you want it to be high tide. Like it's not going to be absolutely perfect, no matter how perfect it is, even pina coladas in Jamaica. So we, the goal is how well do you navigate the challenges that we're all going to face? And we start with the small ones. Mm-hmm. We start with, it's low tide. I wish it was high tide. Yeah. We start with my pina colada's ice already melted. We start with, um, um, uh, I'm, I'm stuck at a red light that I didn't want, I wanted to go through. We start with, it's raining out. I wish it was sunny. We start with the easy ones. And then if we can work and kind of grab, grab ownership of that, those ones don't rattle me anymore. Mm-hmm. Then we can kind of like, train, do the reps with the bigger ones, which is like, you know, your kids being bullied. Someone said something bad about you on social media. Um, boss says, we need to talk. Your spouse loses their job. Like mm-hmm. those are, that might be a, that might be a big, big one, right? Yep. That's it. We'll save that one. Those other ones you can train with. You can work on those things. I guess if that, your spouse loses a lot of jobs often, you could use it as training. <laughs> right. <laughs> or maybe it's a job they didn't like or whatever it is, but like, but then there's the big ones, yeah. right? Kid gets sick, lose a loved one, you lose a job, you can't pay your bills. What my contention is like, survive those. I'm not, you don't, you don't, don't worry about bringing the warrior mindset to your, your kid getting cancer. Like survive it, dude. Like that's, I I just want you to get through this, just get through it. But my take is if you've, if you trained yourself on the little ones to where they're not even a thing anymore. And you're really aware of those middle ones. When the big one hits, it won't hit with the same impact it would have otherwise. Mm-hmm. And that's the objective. And that's the goal of this whole pursuit. It's interesting because there's a there's a parallel to what we've talked about previously and recently, was it, which is that you 
train in peacetime so that when wartime comes, you not, you don't, it's not that you thrive in wartime, it's that you make it through it. Yes. And there's a degree to which I think that yes. that's the same when we, when we have, when we work on our call it mental fitness in peacetime or in times when there are these little things, these little daily things, when the big things come, again, it's not that we thrive. You're going to get it's knocked. That yeah. You're it's going that, to get knocked. Like, let's just call it what it is. Yes. But it might go, it might be the difference between being genuinely knocked out and knocked down for a little bit. And that's the difference. Love that. So it's like, um, put some like a uh, concrete, uh, uh, or hypothetical situation. This like really small thing, right? Like, um, it's your birthday or you had a camping trip planned and it's raining. Yep. Right. Okay. You're bummed out, but maybe you're bummed out for a minute or two and you get past it. Okay. Like, but if that bums you out for like hours or days or even go back to it, like mm -hmm. a month later, be like, I can't believe it freaking rained. How on unlucky am I? Yeah, yeah. Like we got some work to do, but if you can honestly like become aware of it, like, Oh, like you, you want to go through the, that light and the person in front of you stopped and you're like, Oh, like once you get rid of the odd, you go like, all right, this is reality. Like, <laughs> yep. okay. Like you don't have to stop the immediacy. Like your body's going to react. That's totally cool. That's normal. It's a norm. Like fine. Expectations didn't meet reality. Cool. Little bump on the radar. How small can we make that bump on the small things? Then the bigger things, right? Which is like, you came in last place in the workout. You, um, um, your kid was bullied at school, whatever it is. That's a bigger thing, mm -hmm. right? Boss says, we got to talk like, okay, now I'm knocked down. It's a bigger blip, but it's this thing that's going to affect me for a couple hours, maybe a day or two, but like we're able to move past it. The bigger things, like it's okay. If it takes us days, weeks, or even longer to get past these things, you know, um, if we have that buffer, cause we have worked on our mental fitness so much, it won't put us in the dirt. And that's mm -hmm. the idea. Mm -hmm. You know, you, um, you have a miscarriage. It's okay to be bummed out for weeks or months. Yep. That's okay. Yep. Like, yeah, I'm not saying warrior mindset. Or robotic through, mindset. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Like your kids diagnosed with some horrific disease. I'm not going warrior mindset there. I'm going to do it to survive. Mm -hmm. Like we got to just try to make it through this. But if you've done the work before, I'm pretty confident you're going to be okay during this thing. Yeah. Not good, not thriving. You're going to be okay. Yeah. And you're going to have some really hard days, weeks. It might even be a, a, a hard blip of your life, but we're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, last thing on this, just to put a pin in it, um, talking about the stimulus, which I love, uh, which is something else we've talked about, which is like, this is what we do around here. Mm. In your home, back to conditioning, back to stimulus and response, is that is actually something that we can decide. We can decide what we do around here, how we take, how we treat things, how we treat each other, how we respond to things. That is something that is actually within our control. I think that that to me, that's the the big takeaway from this is yeah. like, you don't have to accept whatever, the, when the laundry goes off, yeah. you don't have to ex accept that we freak out here. Even if that was the only experience you ever had, these are choices that we make as hard as they are. There are choices that we can make and we can make a different choice. I want to highlight where you're way that the pronouns that you're using there, which are the really powerful ones, which sense, which create a sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. What you said is like, that's not the way we, mm -hmm. and that's how we react here. That's so much more powerful when you're trying to teach people than you. Yep. Like you don't need to react like that. You don't need to do this. It's like, what you're doing is going like you over there yep. and I am over here or we are over here. Instead, it's you're a part of, that's not the way we do things here. We don't act like that. We don't respond to things like that. I love it.
Okay, we're gonna take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. We've got a great shout out and another round of our recommendations. So stay tuned. This week's episode is brought to you by Timeline Nutrition. Head to timelinenutrition.com slash excellence to learn about their signature product, MitoPure, which is the first product to offer a precise dose of urolithin A to upgrade your mitochondria function, increase your cellular energy, and improve your muscle strength and endurance. The fine folks at Timeline have been working on MitoPure for 15 years, and during that time, they've been busy conducting 11 human clinical trials and publishing over 300 studies of urolithin A with more in the pipeline. When you go to their website, you can get the details of all of this scientific rigor. You can read all about the randomized placebo-controlled clinical trial that they ran that showed a significant improvement in muscle strength after taking MitoPure for four months. Or another clinical trial that showed participants who took MitoPure for just two months showed a significant improvement in hand and leg muscle endurance when compared with participants in the placebo group. The point is, this stuff isn't just some fly-by-night supplement with iffy credentials. Timeline Nutrition is working hard to give your cells new life with high-performance products. They've got three products to do so. A berry powder you can mix into a smoothie or shake, a whey protein powder, and soft gels for those who like it quick and simple. To try it for yourself and to get 10% off your first order, head to TimelineNutrition.com excellence and use the code excellence when you're ready to purchase. Again, that's T-I-M-E-L-I-N-E-N-U-T-R-I-T-I-O-N.com slash Excellence. All right, we're back. I'm gonna do a quick shout out. Shout outs when we read a note, a comment, a YouTube, uh, a YouTube comment or, or a review on uh, Apple Podcasts. Just as a way for us to say thank you to you guys out there for sending us these. This is from Bill. He says, I've listened to the show for a long time and greatly enjoyed it. One piece that has been a theme over time is the message that the universe will give you exactly what you need to evolve your consciousness and propel you towards something greater. In two, 2019, my oldest son, who was eight at the time, was diagnosed, diagnosed with an untreatable brain tumor and he passed away Holy 10 months later. Holy crap. The thought that everything will have a greater purpose is something I've thought for a long time, but uh, but through both his 10-month battle with cancer and the year since, it has been helpful to hear repeatedly over time. My wife and I have said many times that this is uh, that if this had to happen to anyone, we were glad it was us because we are mentally strong enough to be able to handle both in the moment and after. What spurred me to drop a note was a recent episode where Ben talked about the concept that maybe one of the greatest things in life is to get experience. Uh, is to experience all human emotions, good and bad, and that uh, when our day comes, we will have been lucky to have had that experience. Keep up the great work, and I love the new show format. Wow. So thank you to Bill. Awesome, Bill. Yep. All right, cool down. Uh, recommendation roundup, just when we take a few minutes to just let uh, folks out there know what we've been enjoying, books, podcasts, films, activities, things. I'll go first because I really only got one this time around. Uh, and it's coming off the back of our 30, the 30 day challenge that we did, uh, where we cut our social media down. And I was thinking a lot about <clears throat> not only social media in general, but I think, I think, I think we focus too much on social media and I think we need to focus more on the phone itself. Mm. I think the phone is actually the catalyst for all the things we don't like about social media. And we keep trying to make, we keep trying to blame only social media for issues that can actually be solved at the phone level, if that makes sense. I think that, I think the phone is something that started out as a tool and it's become 
I don't know if it's a crutch or if it's a weapon, but it's one of so those. So you're saying things. like if 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 Instagram, Facebook, Twitter was to go off the face of earth, it would we still we, have we'd problems. Still, yeah, we would still be looking at this thing too often. It just happens that the, the those social media platforms have um, tapped into something not particularly helpful. I think there's a destructive level to those things. I agree. I'm not saying in, that they're not. I'm saying yeah. that if we ignore the the device, the tool that they're on, that they're that they're delivering it to to us on, mm-hmm. then I think we're not yeah. solving the actual problems. Yeah. So all of that to say, the what I what I've been working on, what I would recommend folks do is to do two things. One, which is get really clear on giving your phone a job. Which sounds silly, but what is the actual purpose of this thing? this tool, which it should be a tool. It should not be something that we use Hmm. for everything all the time. Um, And then the second question is, or the second task, the second uh, thing that I've been doing, which is give the phone a place. Hmm. In other words, it should, the place should not be in your back pocket next year. Or worse, face up on the table next year. 100%. And so- the job thing's a little bit more obvious, but for me, when I think about that, I, th- I try to break it down into like, what what is this device actually doing for me that I can't get anywhere else? Or this is the the ideal form of getting this thing, right? And so I think what obviously the obvious things, phone calls, right? Communication, uh, even maybe text messages. I think podcasts, I think they're, they're, they're perfect podcast delivery systems. Um, GPS, right? Like, so mm. getting really clear about like, what are the, u- what utility am I getting out of this? Let's thing? pull on this a little bit. I like those ones so far. Okay. Yeah. So like, I yeah, communication. So either phone calls or text, text yep. email. I I think that's a person dependent. I don't use okay. my phone for emails really that often. Okay. And I find that so each person can kind of determine totally, on their yeah. own. I mean, it, it's like, listen, if you're a sale, if you have a sales job and you're like, I, like, I need to, like, I'm not going to tell you to not use yeah. it for me. I don't. Okay. So communication. Yep. Communication. Um, I like the GPS. GPS. I like the podcast. Yep. What else would, would, what would be another, um, justifiable job of the phone? It's a great question. Um, to me, those I would have them, said almost none until you listed those. Yeah. So those are maybe, those are, I <laughs> think there was like, like three in yeah. there that were really were genuinely ones. like genuinely useful. And then audio, everything audio, after that. Audio books, maybe right. music, music, music. music, music. Great. So you music. can say like podcast, audio books, like those are, they're perfect yep. for that. You can take it on the go. You yep. can put, plug your head. So to me, like those are like, there's no really better version of that. You could say you get a GPS, but like, uh, why? I don't want to yeah, buy a GPS. Yeah. And so those are the three things, and maybe there's four, like those are the utilities of the phone. Everything else mm. is unnecessary. Now that doesn't mean like get rid of all of it, but it, it's, it's helpful. I think to me to say all of that is like, a bonus. If I got, if I lost it all tomorrow, I'd be okay. Right. That construct, that perspective in real time right now is, is changing my relationship with my phone right now. Completely. Cool. That's really cool. Yeah. So those are, that's the first one. And then give your phone a place. This is something, this is the other one I've thought about before. This one is the new one for the social media thing, which is like in your home, put the stinking phone somewhere. It shouldn't follow you around to every room. When you're, when, when you're at work, put the phone somewhere else. Right, here's my question for you, because you're a lot, you're probably better or worse, whichever way you look at this, <laughs> than I am. I get the thing like you're so hard to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. How do you? Yes. How do you navigate the is that? Is yes. But I need to get a hold. What, what if I need to get a hold of you? Who? I think there are wife. probably two. Sure, there are probably two people who need to get a hold of you, and I. My guess is that. The need is le- is not a need nearly as much as we think it is. No, it's what if I need to. Sure. What if? How how many, and I'm not, obviously, this is just, this is my question is how often, I'll use myself, how often has my wife called me and it is absolutely essential that I, she get a hold of me in that moment, probably twice in our entire relationship. Mm-hmm. 
And so what we're doing is saying, just in case one of those things happens, I need to make sure I have this phone on me and on and available right. all of the time. Right. That I think is where we fall. Right. That That is right. where I think we're failing is we're, we're, we're assuming the worst might happen at any moment, except, except evidence shows that the worst almost never happens. Mm. And so we're willing to accept- You're essentially like a prepper. Yeah, yeah. We're willing to accept all the negative that Yet, comes with this. Think of how much time you're wasting building your bunker in your backyard right. just, in, just case in case this thing happens. And I get it, what if? Yep. But, but are you willing to-, to All the downside. All the downside for, that, for yeah. the very unlikely chance that there's that one moment, really that's two moments. And so for me, just practically speaking is- I don't want, like, I just found my, and again, it was during this, this last, when we did that month of, I was like, how do I cut it by 50? I stop carrying the damn thing around all the time. Mm. So that when I'm sitting down and my kids are goofing around on the floor, I don't pull it out. So I put it in the pantry and in the office, I don't put it next to me. Cause if it's next to me while I work, guess what happens? I, I have a moment of, I want to get, I want to be distracted. I pick the thing up. And so putting, put, creating a place, putting the phone in that place to me. And, and then asking the other question about like, what is like, what is actually, yeah. what is the utility of this is the beginnings of what I started this with, which is like, we need to break up with our phone. We do, And if we do that, we'll break up with all of the negative externalities of that phone, including social media, attention, I get all the bad things that come from social media and everything else, yeah. right? Like everything else comes from, if we're able to break up with our phone better. Mm. faster, more, more completely. I think there's only good things that come from it. So my recommendation, this, I swear is a recommendation is those, is those things get clear on it's what's useful. old man rant. I know what's useful. And then where does this phone actually live? I can't wait to see you when you actually are an old man. When you're like, actually like- We'll be on episode eight, like 3000. When so you're like know. 88 years old and we're doing, still doing Chasing Excellence, you actually like really, ha are you, you'll probably be the same. You're I the same as you I were. I hope we're still doing chess. Yeah, eight. amazing. All right, I'll give you, I just, okay. that was a rant for me. So I'll give you- uh, I'll Yeah, give you here's something that, which is really kind of interesting that I walked, uh, so it's something I've reinstated back into my life. Um, I go in these kind of like waves in terms of like before a workout, how much warm up, how much emphasis yeah. I put in the warm up. Yep. Okay, so I've always had to do something. Yep. And I'd say like, cause like it's, I'm kind of sticky. <laughs> You know, it's like, you're also an old man. Yeah. I just need to like be able to get below parallel <laughs> yeah. in my arms. Like Sorry. I got to warm up Yeah. for whatever reason. I really stepped away from foam rolling for like mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. And I brought that back in, in the last maybe two or three months. Um, and it has made dramatic mm. changes. Cool. Dramatic changes. I will, also, I will also admit to having lost the sight, sight of foam rolling. And I know this as a coach and an understanding of the physiology and what actually is happening. And if you stretch an already stretchy muscle, uh, I, I say, if you stretch a, a muscle that needs to be, you're not going to stretch the tight areas of that. It's going to stay all bounded up. Well, that's why you need to kind of work on that myofascial release type thing and the, not only the tissue length, but the quality of as well. And, um, I've seen marked improvements in flexibility and you know, I've done like these self-imposed yeah. flexibility challenges. Yeah. I try to do a split for yeah, a while remember and that. I'm going to do yoga forever. And it's like foam rolling has improved my flexibility as much as dedicating to a split, which ended up becoming Ram, um, Ram, uh, Ramad. Yeah. Why am I saying that? no? What's it? It was Ramad. It's not go watch. Sorry. Go, go watch. Go, okay. go watch. That's why I was like, um, why am I? It's not right. I know it's uh, go watch. That's terrible. That was. Okay. 
um, which ended up being doing Go Wad, and then I did yoga for a very long time. Both of those had very positive effects. Um, and I don't want to say foam rolling is better, but I'm seeing equally as drastic improvements um, from foam rolling as I saw from those other two things. And to f- Go Wad's fair point, they have foam rolling involved yep. in it. So I don't want to say it's not that. Right. Um, but you brought but, it back. But I, yeah. the foam rolling. I yeah. foam roll uh, probably for... 10 to 15 minutes before I do anything in the gym. The first 10 to 15 minutes is that. Perfect. All right. Uh, speaking of challenges, I forgot to mention at the top of this that we're in the midst. We're at the beginning of our latest 30-day challenge. Yes. We are aiming for 300,000 steps over the course of the 30 days. Let's go. So do not forget. Uh, I'll ask you about that next time, uh, next episode. In the meantime, thank you out there for listening. Thank you for your ratings and your reviews. Thank you especially for your questions. If you would like to get a question into the queue, find me on Instagram, P.S. Cummings. Drop me a DM. I'll get it into our, uh, into our queue. Until next week, stay. Nope. <laughs> uh, ben and I will be back next week for another episode of Chasing Excellence. Stay. I've, I've, the number of times I've done that.